Single shot. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Tabitha. And I'm Katie. <laughs> Just rocking out here with Frankenstein. Don't worry about it. Happy Halloween. Wow, Halloween. so much enthusiasm. <laughs> Let me do that again. Happy no. Halloween! Oh, God. I can't hear you! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome back, guys, to our Halloween episode. This is single shot number 17, and I guess it's technically not Halloween, but this whole week is Halloween. This whole month is Halloween, so... Halloween. Well, I hope you guys are thing. hearing this. Halloween's like in a few days, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I am celebrating tonight and tomorrow night and the next night and all last week I was celebrating. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll be celebrating this weekend. Yeah, uh, with you reunited and it feels so good. But also, so last week we talked about Ed Kemper, which we'll finish him off. <laughs> uh, next week <laughs> we really have the maturity sorry of I am top notch 12 year old humor that's why you come back every single week yeah. uh, but this week is our single shot episode and this is actually the last single shot episode that we're going to do for everybody so typically our single shot episodes are just like a an extra a mini so sort of say and we typically yeah, only do them patrons. for our patrons um for our double shot and triple shot patrons so we're gonna go back to doing that we just wanted to kind of celebrate our one year and also expose the rest of you guys to what you could be uh partaking in you some see, of that extra class in? humor you know <laughs> <laughs> so you like hearing us be idiots every week yes patrons. yes so crimes and cocktails single shot and i'm actually drinking tonight so what's up i'm <laughs> not, not drinking, drinking anything fancy what but I am halloween week yogurt. drink every single day <laughs> i wake up drunk <laughs> you need to play get some more monster mash to get you back in the spirit exactly I think I'm going to have enough jello shots this weekend to make up for me not drinking for the last month or something. <laughs> I mean, I have drank the last It'll month. Be your reward. Your eternal reward. <laughs> What's that from? What's that from? <laughs> Aladdin. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. All right. People well, let's go ahead and from, jump on into this uh, Halloween episode. Halloween episode. Yes. Halloweener. <laughs> Halloweener episode. Special. My favorite. So, on Halloween night in 1974, I'm not going to read it like that the entire time, I promise. Dang it, I just realized um, I was going to play some spooky music for you. Uh, okay. Let me cue that up right now for you. Forget you guys heard that. I'm going to start from the top. <laughs> there oh, we go. Man. On Halloween night in 1974... <laughs> Ronald Clark O'Brien took his two children (laughs) 
Timothy and my name eight. is Zach Bagan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly what I <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry. Come on. at me. <laughs> okay. So Ronald Clark O'Brien took his two children, Timothy eight and Elizabeth five, out trick or treating, along with a neighbor and then their two children in Pasadena, Texas. Not the cool Pasadena, the one in Texas. So uh, one of the houses didn't answer their door. So the kids and neighbor ran to the next house to try, you know, over there. And then Ronald was like, you know, I'll wait here see if they answer and then when he caught up with um, his kids and the neighbor he said the owners of the other house had come out and had given him these pixie sticks so he had these giant pixie sticks for all four of the children like the big ones that come in the plastic and not the little the kind you used to snort back in the day yeah, oh those yeah that's where it was at that and fun dip actually i think we have a picture from way back when with like brian <laughs> with giant pixie sticks um, yeah, me LED. too. Yeah, uh, so, it got a little crazy. And we had like straws that were like connected to each other, and I'd like <laughs> to say I was a kid at this time, but I was definitely out of high school. So yes, yes, that's when we got so hyper. We so we literally where we grew up. <laughs> it's a small country town, and I had a Chevy Blazer. Side story, just so y'all got this. Uh, and we there was like a group of like fifteen of us, and we were really, really, really sugared out on pixie sticks and like energy drinks, like Red Bull and stuff like that. And there was this little Thunder Hut, which if you guys know what a Thunder Hut is, it's like a little shed that people literally would run to for protection from thunder and lightning storms. But you know, this is like an old thing that people don't really use anymore. And they were going to build like a big highway through that area. So they were going to tear it down. And we were really sad about it because we used to hang out there. We used to hang out there like all the <laughs> cool kids in Kentucky yeah. do. So we're all hopped up on Mountain Dew and we're just like, let's go and steal the Thunder Hut. And so 12 or 15 of us literally thought that we could pick up this shed that's literally like concrete in the ground and everything and put it on top of my car that the max capacity is like a thousand pounds so it would definitely get crushed and also there's no way that we could pick up a thousand pounds but we thought we could and the power happened sticks. we ended up just knocking it over yeah we tried I remember really hard those, uh, some people drove by and they're like we're calling the cops we all like scattered like roaches i remember hiding in like the tall grass that yeah. was right there being like this is what it felt like in numb yeah because it all had like <laughs> stupid bandanas on too and like pixie dust was like literally smeared on my face like i had been I had, through like, shit paint on my face and stuff like that <laughs> Guys, so dumb. The benefits of being homeschooled. Yeah. So this definitely happened when we were over eighteen. So <laughs> do with that information what you want. To this day, like we still won't admit that we're the ones that did that to like certain people because I know, some of I the remember, moms were like, "Did you see what happened? That's so sad that like who kids did would that do to the that." Thunder Hut. We're like, <laughs> it was an accident. We didn't mean to. And they cleared it out like two days later, and I was so sad. Anyways, so. gotta give me some of those pixie sticks again. <sighs> I'm all like rubbing my nose. You got any more of those pixie sticks? <laughs> oh, oh gosh. Just pure colored sugar. That's all it is. So, um, it's a hell of a drug. <laughs> so, uh, what was I saying? Um, <laughs> this kid got pixie sticks. Oh, yes. So, Ronald handed to all the kids the pixie sticks. 
And then on their walk back to the house, they ran into a friend from church, and then he gave an extra pixie stick that he had to him. So once the O'Brien family was home for the night, the kids asked if they could have a piece of candy before bed. And Timothy chose to eat his pixie stick, um, which he said tasted bad. So, you know, Ronald, his dad, gave him some Kool-Aid. So wash that sugar down with some more sugar and go to bed. <laughs> and then, like, how do you go to bed after that? Um, but Timothy said that his stomach hurt and then went into the bathroom and started to throw up. And, you know, Ronald was holding him. An ambulance was called. Um, but Timothy died before they could make it to the hospital, which was less than an hour after eating the candy. Um, when Timothy's autopsy came back, um, they said he had enough cyanide in his system to kill two adults. Um, and then parents Jeez in the area, Louise. yeah, don't so like take an the eight-year-old little boy or eat the pixie sticks. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, or combine it. The, yeah, ooh, that's the, the dangerous combustion. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I didn't even realize. Can I set myself up for that one? <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> Sorry. Oh god. <laughs> So parents in the area flipped out and they heard Timothy had died from eating Halloween candy. Um, And then the police were able to narrow it down to the pixie stick because then his mom was like, all he had to eat was the pixie stick. So they took their kids candy and brought it to the police for them to test. The other pixie sticks were brought in and tested and they all had enough cyanide in them to kill three to four adults. Um, And then police, and thankfully none of the other children ate them. (laughs) Otherwise they'd be dead too. So um, police asked Ronald if he remembered what house they got the candy from. And he was like, oh, I don't know. Um, and then they talked to the neighbor that was with them who was able to point out which house it was. Um, and then police, you know, went back to Ronald for questioning. And he was like, oh, yeah, that was where I got the candy. I can't remember what the person looked like. I just remember they had hairy arms. <laughs> what a thing to remember. What a thing I just remember they looked by. like a gorilla. Gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> so, so after investigating further police found out that the homeowner was a man named courtney melvin um, and he worked for a nearby airport and hadn't been home at all Um, and then about 200 people at the airport were able to give him an alibi um, and were like no he was actually here at work so there was no way he could have given ronald that candy so then they go and dig into um, ronald's history they see he's about 100 grand in debt and had recently taken out life insurance policies on both of his children um, which his wife didn't know about when they asked her so police called the insurance provider and they found out that ronald had tried to collect on the policy the morning after timothy died and then shortly before halloween he had tried to buy cyanide from a chemical supply store in houston um police searched the family home and found ronald's pocket knife that had traces of cyanide candy powder and a plastic um and then plastic was on there matching the plastic that's on the pixie stick so, so also minerva's really upset about this dude she's so bad she really hates when people kill children like, i don't know what it is she just hates it between minerva barking in the background and the airplanes flying over me this is a chat quality episode <laughs> I don't know what has her little harness in a bunch, but I locked <laughs> but her in the other the room. Hell, so hell, man. Ronald agree. McDonald, he's not here for the kids. No, he's not. So, um, obviously, he's arrested on November 5th. He's like, I'm innocent, but, you know, obviously not. Uh, during his trial, several witnesses said that Ronald had asked them if they knew where to find cyanide and how much was needed to kill someone. He also God. apparently told co-workers that his financial troubles were almost over. 
Um, on the day of Timothy's funeral, he also told his brother-in-law that he planned on using insurance money to take a vacation. What the? Uh, yeah. So this guy's a dick. Uh, so Ronald tried to claim that some urban legend-esque Halloween poisoner had done this to his son and the uneaten, the other pixie sticks, and that he was innocent. But the jury and judge saw right through this claim, and he was de- um, determined to be guilty and handed a death sentence. And it was something crazy, like in, within a couple of hours, they're like, guilty, death sentence. So um, the headlines dubbed him as the candy man during his trial. The candy man came. <laughs> yes, you can even eat the dishes. Uh, and the man who killed Halloween. And then for years later, parents were scared to let their kids trick or treat in the area. Um, Ronald had an execution date of August 8th, 1980, and then March 25th, 1982, but both were delayed. He was then set to be executed on Halloween night, 1982. <laughs> it's been crazy. That's so he was killed on Halloween. Yeah, this judge was just like, fuck you, I'm setting it for Halloween. But it was delayed again. And then he was finally executed on March 31st, 1984 by um, lethal injection. And then 300 people stood outside to celebrate him being um, killed. And they were throwing candy around and yelling trick-or-treat while it happened. And the 80s was like, where is that for executions? But also, I remember, I mean, you know, I didn't know, like, all this, obviously, growing up. But whenever we did get candy, like, from trick-or-treating, my parents were, like, really paranoid. And they would always, like, check all the candy for, like... What was it razor blades or poison? Yeah, razor blades, poison. I remember whatever. the few times I was allowed to go out and trick or treat, my grandma would be checking it like crazy just to double check. Yeah, make yeah. sure. That's so. so fucked up. That's so sad, though. My yeah. gosh. I know. He kid. killed. He was like, they figured that he put the poison in his kids because he wanted his kids to eat it and collect on their insurance policies. And then he put it in random other ones, too, to, like, throw police off the scent. So they're like, oh, it was all these children, not just these two children that died. But um, poor tiny Tim. Only, yeah, only one of them ate the candy. So, jeez. And how much he put in there, too. That must have been a very, very painful death for that little boy. So I know. Um, fuck you, Ronald. And that's why you don't go trigger treating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or eat pixie like, sticks. Because you know you. you'll either die or you will destroy property somewhere. And this yeah. is not admission of guilt if anyone's listening to this. I, I was not involved. <laughs> uh, I did not you pull down names. that thunderhood. <laughs> I know. You gotta stop calling people out first and last names, <laughs> I know, I know. I realized I said it afterward, and I was like, (laughs) um, "Okay, good," because that's literally what I always call him. So, um, (laughs) please bleep that out. (laughs) If you heard a bleep earlier in this episode, I'm protecting, I'm protecting my friend. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't me going off the rails. I promise. Please bleep, please bleep. bleep. Okay, so now oh. my turn to share a little Halloween story. <laughs> of course, a plane just happens to fly over as I do that. The what plane's the all fuck, woo. man. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, so this story is about uh, this happened in the fifties, nineteen fifty-seven, on a Halloween night. Thirty-five-year-old. Uh, he was an owner of a hair salon. His name was Peter Fabiano. 
and exotic. Yeah, that's how you say it, Fabiano. If you're a hair salon, you gotta be like, like kind of like yeah. Fabio, but like Fabiano. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, Baby. at eleven o'clock, <laughs> bleep and bleep. <laughs> yeah. uh, at eleven o'clock on Halloween night, there was a knock on the door. And he's thinking, okay, you know, it's probably like a late trick-or-treater or something like that. So he's a little bit of annoyed because the trick-or-treaters are already gone through the neighborhood and everything. And they're like ready for bed. So he goes to open the door and he says, quote, it's a little late for this, isn't it? But as soon as he opens the door, he's greeted with a very tall, like a taller trick-or-treater. Um, that has kind of an odd appearance and is um, has a grotesque, like, painted face with a domino mask over and is wearing blue jeans and a khaki jacket and red gloves and holds up a paper bag to his face, which was concealing a gun, and shot him in the face and replied, no. And then, so he died. Uh, he got shot in the face. Upon hearing the shot, his wife uh, rushes, like, downstairs into the door, but the killer had already fled. So his wife, her name was Betty, she told the police she was about 36, and they had two, she had two teenage children from a previous marriage, and, you know, her husband's, like, the successful beauty salon owner, he served in World War II, they seem like this perfect, like, pretty couple and everything. Uh, and I guess I think they even met because she would go and get her hair done by Fabiano. Mm. So this was dubbed the trick-or-treat murder in the press and the local newspapers. Even one newspaper wrote, this is, I think, kind of fucked up. Uh, the Greenstein paper wrote, a murder as fantastic as the spirits of Halloween, which I'm just like, oh my God. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) No one would write that now. They'd be like, no, canceled. (laughs) But but, uh, it was not. So this is a weird little thing here. So there was a a lady named Goldine, Goldine Pizer. She's 43. She's a medical secretary. And she is just like the least likely person you could think would be a cold-blooded killer. But um, basically... What happened was, is she, um, she was the daughter of a furniture store owner. She graduated from Los Angeles High in 1934, and she married about a decade later, but she either got divorced or separated or widowed or something like that, because when she was about, when she met, when she was 43, she was alone at this point, and she met Joan Rabel, who was a 40-year-old woman living in Hollywood, just one mile from Goldine's apartment near the Sunset Strip. Now, Joan's life, we kind of don't really know a whole lot about. Um, We do know that she was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, and that she came here from Lithuania, and she tried to be a photographer and then a writer, and she liked to go sailing around the San Pedro Harbor and stuff, or Hawaii, everything. But at this time, she's divorced, and she's working for Peter Fabiano in his salon. So Joan, at this point, 40-year-old woman living by herself in Hollywood and all the glam and everything's working at the salon, and she meets Betty, Fabiano's wife, um, 
I keep calling him, well, I'm calling him by his last name, but, you know. It has more flair. Yeah, it does. It sounds more like a hair salon person's name, hairstylist. So she meets Betty, the wife, and they get really close, and she considers herself, like, a friend of them. However, the friendship grew what they say, from what I can tell, complicated, which could mean maybe Mm. she was in love with her. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe she just felt really close. Maybe she got possessive over her. But Betty was, you know, confiding in her friend and trying to say, like, oh, my husband, he has a darker side. He's kind of abusive and controlling. And so Joan starts to, like, obsess over this about her friend or whatever, crush woman, whatever. And she starts thinking about, like, I need to save her so we can, like, run away together and have, like, another life or something together. So... While this is happening, this is the time that Joan meets Goldine, um, and they were what she described in the Valley Times newspaper, they were coffee clatch friends. I don't know, it's kind of a weird old phrase, yeah. I guess. But basically, yeah. they just, they met somehow, and they would just meet up for coffee and just probably, like, complain about their lives or something like that to each <laughs> other. But during this, like, three... she So Joan starts to tell this new friend, Goldine, about the Fabianos. And she describes Mr. Fabiano as pure evil. So during a three-month period, uh, Joan talked to Goldine into becoming a hit woman, basically. And she says, you know, I will give you some money to go buy a gun. You can borrow my cars, or I'll borrow a car from another friend. That could be your getaway car. And so she, like, disguised her and everything. And she even drove her to the house on Halloween night to go and put the gun inside a paper trick-or-treat bag and take the shot. And then Joan drove her home. And as soon as she dropped off, she just said to her, like, Forget you ever knew me. So the next day, Goldine realizes, oh shit, like, what am I supposed to do with this gun that I have now? So she doesn't really know what to do, and she's stupid. So she takes it to a store in downtown LA and, like, dumps it in a storage locker there. A couple weeks later, detectives find it, and I think they, like, were able to pull fingerprints or something like that from there, and they, like, it just basically led her directly to Goldine. So immediately, like literally the two weeks later, they go and pick She'll up Goldine. She'll rent it out the storage locker with I know, probably name. like under my name, <laughs> Goldine. Goldine. Uh, I did use this to kill someone. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and so they, they arrest her and they question her and she just immediately like gives up her accomplice. Like, I only did this because of Joan and blah, 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 blah. So both Joan and Goldine are arrested for murder. Um... And everything like that. So it's kind of like there's a picture of them from the Los Angeles Times, which I think I'll like put online because it's kind of an interesting picture to see. But like when you look at it, mm-hmm. like Goldine is like kind of like, I don't know, she has her head kind of like bowed down and she looks a little like tearful and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Joan is just kind of like smiling. Like it, they look <laughs> like they're just out on the town. They don't look like they just are leaving the courthouse. Like it's, it's a yeah. really weird photo. So, as they're in court, you know, their demeanor is kind of, like, weird. Like, Golden is, like, Goldine, sorry, is crying and being all, like, like, stricken with remorse and everything. Mm -hmm. And Joan is just what they described as hollow-eyed and stone-faced and just smiling nonchalantly, like, whatever. Just so 
weird. I guess she just thought she got away with it. I don't know. Yeah. But or Goldine she wasn't pleads, going to and didn't care. I know. Like, super weird. <laughs> Goldine yeah. pleads guilty, not guilty by reason of sanity. And she claims that Joan kind of like casted this like spell over her. Not like an actual spell, but just kind of like mesmerized her and like was really infatuated. Like they never said, oh, they're lesbian lovers are infatuated, but it's implied. Oh, I'm and sure they I were. I think in the 50s, <laughs> this just made everyone really uncomfortable. And yeah. so they kind of just didn't want to be like, I just don't think they really wanted any attention to this because they're just, you know, oh my God, lesbians. Ew. So yeah. they only sentenced these ladies five years to life in prison each. What? <laughs> yeah. Super, super crazy. So yeah, they only served, I and I actually was trying to figure out how many time, how much time they actually did serve because I wouldn't be surprised if they got out earlier, but I couldn't find that. Probably. Yeah. But um, they were not in there longer than five years for this murder. And there was a lot of rumors that Betty and Joan were actually lesbian lovers and planned this whole thing and that like Betty was, you know, convinced Joan to like hire someone to murder her husband so they could run off together or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she used her, or maybe she just complained about her husband because she knew that Joan was infatuated with her, but she really didn't want anything from Joan. But they're all rumors, mm-hmm. so it's just kind of weird. Um, there's some couple websites to try to say that, yeah, they actually were, like, for sure together, but then there's places that say no. I don't know. There's not really any evidence, just a lot of rumors and stuff like that, so... Yeah. But Betty, after her husband died, she sold the beauty salon and she got married about seven, uh, 10 years later in 1966. So, hmm. and she passed away in 1999 at the age of 81, which made her 39 mm. at the time of Pete's yeah. death, not 36, a little liar. <laughs> <laughs> and we've uh, all been there. <laughs> we've all been there. I'm still 21, duh. Yeah, and Goldine passed away in 1998 in Los Angeles, and no one knows what happened to Joan. So oh, gosh. <laughs> she appears to have disappeared, just away, drifted away. And she's like a little ghost. She probably changed her name or something. I would. <laughs> yeah. Who uh-huh. knows? I mean, that's awkward, man. You like kill someone for someone you think's in love with you, and. Or you're in love with them, or and then whatever. they go and marry a man. <laughs> they go and marry a man. How of dare all things? They? Oh gosh. So yeah. So two things we learned today: don't eat pixie sticks, and don't answer your door late at night, like on <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. Like, or just ever, don't. honestly. However, there was actually another one that I was going to tell. Um, where, and this one actually didn't happen that long ago or that far mm-hmm. away from us. It happened in Napa Valley, and mm-hmm. there was like three college roommates living together and they were giving mm-hmm. out you know halloween candy and then they went to bed and then they had like a knock at the door like late at night and they thought it was another trick-or-treater but it wasn't and it was this guy that like murdered two of the roommates the other roommate managed to escape oh my but god it was pretty crazy so yeah i actually also remember my parents being kind of like they wouldn't answer the door like after like nine i feel like yeah i feel like that's knock. a reasonable hour when trick-or-treaters yeah. aren't out anymore well it's a good thing this halloween we're gonna be um off our ass drunk so <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> this halloween that's every halloween <laughs> I, 
I haven't remembered a Halloween since like 2000 and uh, <laughs> I haven't remembered a Halloween since 1996. That was good. What? <laughs> I was all a child. <laughs> I those pixies. Those pixies. Oh, yeah. oh Probably gosh. since I was 18. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Good times, good times. Yeah. Wish I could remember them. No. I know. <laughs> do you have your costume yet? Yeah, I do. I finished it um, on Sunday. So I made a little mushroom head bonnet. And then I'm just nice. going to wear um, a dress that I already have and do my makeup. In a mushroomy way, I guess. Mushroomy? <laughs> I don't know But yet. are you going to be a shroom or a mushroom? <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> so, yeah. You guys can see when my costume is later. I got to still put it together. That's <laughs> <laughs> like waiting until the last minute. <laughs> I know. I have like no time this week. So on Sunday, I was like, come on, come on. Like trying to put it together really <laughs> fast. So, I know. Um, yeah, because I'll be driving to you on friday <laughs> Woohoo! Uh-huh. yes Check well guys have a very safe and happy halloween however you yes. celebrate it don't answer the door to those late night trick-or-treaters don't eat the pixie sticks and uh have a good time have a safe yeah. good time so all right <laughs> happy halloween happy halloween <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.